to the interlude with Drew. What's up, everybody? What's going on, y'all? I hope everybody's good. This is Andrew McCain. I know it's been a while, a little while, since we've had another or a new episode of the interlude with Drew, but we back. We back. We back. It's been a little while. Like I said before, I've been real busy in this season of life, but I don't want to neglect the podcast. I appreciate all of you that still support those uh, that are new on board, you know, and those that continue to listen. I pray that um, you're blessed by this podcast. I pray that it ministers to you. I pray that it's enjoyable for you to listen to and that you continue to support and tell somebody else about it. You know what I'm saying? So today I would just want want to share, you know, I've part of the reason why it's been a little while um, since I've done a podcast is because I, I was trying to, um, I had some issues with my mic, so I had to upgrade that. And I was kind of trying to wait till I, I had my next interview um, to do a, another episode. But, you know, I keep waiting and it takes a little while. So, you know, we'll have more interviews, but I, I pray that you guys enjoy these episodes as well. So today I'm going to be talking about finding the will of God. All right. And, you know, I always love to have a scripture to go along with the topic. So, The scripture today is Psalms 143, verse 10, where it says, Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. May your gracious spirit lead me forward on a firm footing. All right, so this is David's prayer. He's saying, Lord, teach me to do your will because you're my God. So basically he's saying, like, God, you know it's my desire to please you. You know it's my desire to do what you want for me to do, not what I want to do. But, Lord, I need you to show me your way. Like, show me what it is that your will entails. Show me what it is that you want for me to do. And I believe that's the prayer that we should all have. Those of us that um, claim the name of Christ, those of us that call ourselves Christians, those of us that work in the ministry, we don't just want to go about our lives and, you know, just have our lives be a random um, occurrence of events or a random series of events. We want to actually be aligned with the will of God because, The thing about God's will is that his will is going to prevail anyway, but a lot of times because we try to pursue our own desires, we try to do things our own way, um, we kind of postpone what's, you know, inevitable anyway. And we could waste years of time just kind of wandering around, doing the wrong things, thinking that we're in God's will. But the truth of the matter is it's God's desire for all of us to be in his will and to do his will. Matthew chapter 7, verse 21 through 23, Jesus said, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works. Then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. And I think that verse, every time I hear it, is very sobering to imagine that you could do so much thinking that you're in the will of God, thinking that you're basically helping God. Like if you think about the story of Saul before he turned into Paul, he was killing Christians, thinking that he did it in the name of God. And then one day on the road to Damascus, God had to strike him down. And he, when he said, who art thou, Lord? Uh, God said, it is me, Jesus, that you're persecuting. And he's like, isn't it hard to kick, kick against the pricks? So in other words, like you think that you're helping me, but in reality, you're fighting against me and you think that you're on my side, but you're not doing my will. And what Jesus said in this scripture is very, very uh, telling as well, because 
He's saying not everyone that calls my name or says, Lord, Lord, is going to enter into the kingdom of heaven. But those that do enter are going to be the ones that do the will of my father, which is in heaven. So if you're doing God's will, that's when you're going to be able to make it into heaven. And he said that there's going to be many people that say, I prophesied, I cast out devils, I did all these wonderful works. And if, you know, I know a lot of the people that listen to this podcast are musicians and people that do work in ministry. So imagine you say, Lord, but I, I played at all these conferences. I played every week at my church. I served for years and years. I did this. I did that. I spent all this time um, in the work, in the ministry. And he said, depart from me because I never knew you. Right. I believe I said it here on this podcast, but I know I say it a lot that in the Bible times when they say someone knows someone, it's not just the type of knowing like, you know, how we would say, oh, yeah, I know. I know such and such. I know this person. I know them. You know, we talked a few times. We know each other. When the Bible talks about knowing someone, it's talking about knowing them in an intimate level, like Abraham knew his wife or Joseph did not yet know Mary. So that means that if Jesus is saying, I never knew you, that means that we don't, you know, I don't know you like that. Like we're not on that deep, intimate level. Now, does Jesus know everything? Obviously, yes. But the thing about it is that he makes the invitation. It's up to us to uh, deny ourselves, take up our cross and actually follow him, actually come into a covenant relationship with him where he and and we are, are you know, in covenant together, where we actually know each other on an intimate level. So if we never take that time to actually get to know Jesus, then how is he going to be able to say that he knows us on that day? And he said that, um, depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Now, what exactly is iniquity? A lot of times we, we look at iniquity and we automatically think iniquity is sin. But the truth of the matter is iniquity is preferring self-will over God's will. So right there in this verse, it tells us exactly what disqualifies us from heaven, which is living a life where we prefer our will over God's will. And that's what's going to keep us out of heaven. And if we're all honest, there's many times in our lives where if we took stock, we could see how we are preferring our own will over God's will. We have our dreams, we have our desires, we have things that we want to see, but we never take the time to say, but God, is this what you want for me? Is this what you want for me to do? That's why David was saying, Lord, teach me to do your will for you're my God. In other words, you are Lord over my life. If you call him Lord, that means that he is your master, that he makes the decisions, you know. And too often we try to, you know, we say out, out of our mouths that he's Lord, but we don't treat him as Lord because we still work iniquity by preferring our will over his will. And that's not where he wants for us to be. He wants us to be in a place of submission. That's why Jesus said, if any man will come after me, he will deny himself take up his cross and follow me. Denying yourself is an ongoing process. It's a hard process. I can tell you that. It's, it's very hard because we live in this flesh every day and the flesh has desires. The flesh has things that um, the flesh wants to do, dreams, goals, visions, all these different things. And Jesus tells us to just forget about all that, deny all of that and let it go. But that's, that's, the way, that's the way that it works in the kingdom of God. You got to be able to deny yourself and understand that his will is greater than yours. No matter how, um, how big your dreams may be, no matter how um, ideal they may seem, God always has something greater for you. So we have to be able to deny that part of us that always 
wants to be in control. Human nature is to always want to be in control, but we got to be able to submit our will to God's because he's ultimately in control. When we sin and we do the wrong thing, God convicts us because of his grace, but that's why when we do something wrong the first time, we feel real guilty. But if we continue to go back to that sin, dig it up and do it over and over again, then we're going to start to feel less remorse from it. And our hearts become callous through our repeated disobedience because we keep continuously choosing our will over his. And we're not going to feel that same uh, conscience or you know guilty conscience that we felt initially. So we have to make sure that we daily make a decision to um, make a decision to choose God's will over our will. But if we think about the word iniquity, the first time we see it is in Ezekiel chapter 28, verse 14 through 18, if you get to re- a chance to read that. That's the story of Lucifer, which is Satan, being kicked out of heaven. And it was talking about all the glory and the beauty that he had. But then it says, but iniquity was found in you. Thine heart was lifted up because of thy beauty. So once iniquity was found in him, we we, we usually say that, you know, he wanted to be God. But the, the truth of the matter is the real sin was that he preferred his will over God's will. God's will was the way how heaven was with all the angels worshiping him, him being Lord, him being in charge. But Lucifer somehow preferred his will over God's will. So he thought that, you know, what his plan was, was greater than God's plan, or it was a more uh, sensible plan or whatever, whatever way he was thinking it was wrong. And it got him and one third of heaven kicked out. So imagine how that shows you exactly how dangerous preferring self-will over God's will is. Satan will never make it back to heaven because he made a choice to choose his will over God's will. But ever since then, he's been trying to convince mankind to choose their will over God's will. He wants us to make the same mistake that he did. He can't get back to heaven and he doesn't want us to get there either. And every day that he convinces us to uh, choose our will over God's will, he's trying to inch us further and further away from heaven. But we got to be aware of the enemy's devices. We got to be aware of what he's trying to do to us. And we got to be able to allow God to lead us and guide us. In John 15, verse 7, Jesus said, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. So a lot of times we read that and we're like, man, let me just abide in him, you know, live for him, do what he wants, and he's going to give me whatever I want. But the truth of the matter is that the submission process is so strong and is so important to the point that once you truly submit to God, your desires become his desires. So when you're asking God for something, it's not because it's something that your heart just wants. It's because it's something that God gave you a desire. So it's you, when you're submitted, you, it gets to the point where you could say, Lord, you could dream your dreams through me. Lord, you can put desires on the inside of me that I could pray for and I could see them manifest because they're completely in your will. So we have to understand that God is ultimately in control and his desire is for us to be able to fully submit to him, to be transformed. Like Romans uh, 12 verse two says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And it says, then you will be able to prove what is that good and acceptable, perfect will of God. So the carnal mind or the normal mind is not going to be able to do the will of God. The normal mind is not going to be able to submit to God. You have to have a transformed mind. Once your mind is transformed, God makes you a new person by changing the way that you think. 
then you can know what God's will is for you. So we have to constantly be praying, Lord, transform my mind. Help me to be able to think the right way so that I could do your will day in and day out. Um, Proverbs chapter 16, verse 2 and 3 says, All the ways of a man are clean in his own eyes, but the Lord weigheth the spirits. Commit thy works unto the Lord, and thy thoughts will be established. And in verse 9 says, A man's heart devises his way, but the Lord directeth his steps. And the NLT version of that verse, that verse 9, I say it all the time. It says, um, it says, we can make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps. And that's very sobering because it's like, man, I really can think that I know the way sometimes or most of the time. I can have the whole plan for my life. But at the end of the day, it's the Lord that determines my steps. He's the one that's going to have uh, the final say on what the outcome is. So instead of trying to continue to have my way, I need to learn to submit to the will of the Father. Let him be in control. Let him have his way because it's all about him at the end of the day. He's sovereign. I'm not. He knows the future. I don't. He's in my future. I'm not. So instead of trying to figure things out and trying to prefer your will over God's will, why not trust the God that's already in your, your future? He knows how this story, you know, it, it, it gets to the best part. You think that you know, but he he's already there. So just trust him. He's the author of your story. Trust in God. Submit to his will. Allow him to lead and direct you. I pray that this podcast episode was a blessing to you. It was, it was, it was helpful to you, something to encourage you, something to cause you to look internally and to allow God to have his way in your life because he knows best, right? Remember, take it one day at a time. Only, sorry, only what you do for Christ will last. Take it one day at a time and keep it pushing. This has been another episode of the End of Lou with Drew. God bless you guys. Until next time. It's the interview Welcome to the interlude with Drew.